Welcome back to the Rock and Power Hour. And this week we are going to be joined by none other than Lejean Witherspoon, lead singer of the band Seven Dust. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour. I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Stick. Ryan, you are uh, looking fabulous. You got a, a t-shirt that we need to talk about because we're at, at the same show. Um, and we've got a lot of other things that we need to catch up on. But before we go too far, let's address the elephant in the room. And apparently in your refrigerator, if you're listening to this, Ryan's got um, this great background that he uses all the time where he's uh, in his fridge with a bunch of Heartbeat Hot Sauce. And I love it. So uh, thank you to Heartbeat Hot Sauce, the heartbeat of the Rockman Power Hour. They help us keep the lights on here, and we actually love their product. Um, very, very excited to have them with us as our title sponsor. And if you've not tried Heartbeat Hot Sauce yet, do yourself a favor and do just that. Use our promo code ROCKMAN20 if you're watching us on YouTube. You can see that right below you if you're wondering how to spell it but it's Rockman 20 and that'll get you 20% off your entire order. And uh, one Ryan that I've been dipping into lately that has kind of found its way into my heart has been the Caribbean style mango habanero. Ooh, it's got a little bit nice. of a kick to it. It's really good. I, I love using this on eggs in the morning. Um, and if, you know, if you're making a sandwich, whatever, it goes really, really well with a lot of things and um, love it. The Caribbean style mango habanero from heartbeat hot sauce. Uh, one of many that you can get if you go to their website, they just, launched a new sauce called the campfire or camp sauce. Oh, I like that. Like a summer camp kind of theme sauce. And, um, got to try that. And they got a couple of cool, cool shirts as well. They've got great merch too, Ryan, by the way, if you've ever uh, been on their site, they make great shirts, great hats, just a great company out of Thunder Bay, Ontario. And, uh, we're very, very happy to have them with us on the journey. Uh, also a big thanks to our friends over at studio house designs. I am rocking this. Um, I, I think this is called the loser stack. Yeah, that's pretty much my generation's, um, right. you know, coming of age stories. Yeah. Like if you're if you were 13 in the 90s, oh my god! <laughs> Check it out. This is all movies that Ryan loves. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and really cool that they threw Clueless in there too. Actually, yeah, because definitely. Clueless great from that time, but um, w very near dear to me is Beavis and Butthead Do America and I Yeah. Punk. Yeah. Such and I love how it's on the top of the stack. So if you've never checked out Studio House Designs, they're a great company out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and uh, they um, they do great work, design great shirts. And these stacks are one of the things that put Cody on the map. He would take VHS tapes and he would stack them up, and then that would be the T-shirt design. He would do them according to director or genre, and it's just uh, a great great thing. That of course like happens everywhere the internet has just grabbed and ripped off and taken for themselves but uh, he's the originator of that so uh hats off to him and hats off to studio house designs for always keeping us looking fresh now ryan there's a reason why you're not wearing a studio house design shirt that's because you are wearing a metallica shirt yeah you and i were commissioned by the folks at evanco to do a video for um for the metallica show to let people know what they could and could not bring to the show, uh, what to expect uh, in terms of a pre-party, all this fun stuff. And yeah. uh, and in exchange, we got some great seats to go to the show. And uh, we, you brought your buddy, Jay, Jason Boudreaux. <laughs> yeah, the other Jay in my life. We've been friends this September for 30 years. That's unbelievable. 
Yeah, and uh, he's a really generous guy, especially yeah. after a few uh, drinks. Well, and, uh, yeah, I noticed. And let's 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 set this up by saying Jason's, you know, married with you know three mouths to feed as well as his wife. Yeah. So four, um, you know, he's constantly working. He's a hard worker. Great, great dad. Great, incredible dad. You just see the way he interacts with his kids. But yeah. when he gets to go out, he gets to go out. Yeah. And, um, you message. You, you were sitting next to me. You're like, hey, Jason's at the merch. He wants to know if you want a hat. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not making him buy me a $60 Metallica hat. Like, I know yeah. we got him the ticket and, and, you know, we brought Julia, but it was just like, you know, you don't have to do that. But he was nice. He bought you that shirt. I saw yeah. he came back with two shirts. He hands it to you. No, no. He messaged me about the hat thing because Jason's yeah. one of those guys that, you know, like when you do something for somebody and they're like, hey, thanks, man. <laughs> they never yeah. mention it again. Right. Jason will, uh, Jay will bring it up months two years later because he's just really a really naturally a very appreciative guy but also to note everybody especially to shannon and his wife who's listening um jay and i buy stuff for each other all the time yeah <laughs> like, i noticed that I noticed like that. Uh, out of all the friends we're the guys that continuously give each other christmas presents and and birthday presents and uh apparently like you know metallica presents and um <laughs> it's it, uh it was a really interesting night and um when uh, you and Julia had to, had to peace out a bit early, and yeah. when you did, uh, two of our friends kind of came, w- walked over there in a similar section, and they kind of rocked out with us for the last two songs. And uh, we were trying to find uh, our friend, our friend and uh, a friend of the Rockman Power Hour, Marco, who was filming all of uh, helping us film all of our interviews for Fantasia. He was living his best life on the floor with his with his little brother Chris. And um, it's they had a very unique experience. And considering Marco was like the the metal Fonzie of my high school, who told me about Pantera and Metallica, and all, well, the world told me about Metallica, but he specified which Metallica to listen to. Yeah. Um, it, actually, and shout out to Massimo too. I don't know if you're at the show, bud, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so Marco, the, the fact that he got to see Pantera like that, that close. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel warm inside, to be honest, because as much as self-serving as it is to see a concert for myself, when you know a true fan gets that true experience, then yeah. this is this is this is why, you know, concerts are magic. And I'm glad magic yeah. happened. No, definitely. And and you could tell that everybody in the in the Olympic Stadium um, both nights were just having the best time ever. So um, so shout out to uh, Metallica and everybody and, and Venko and all the great people that put that show on because, you know, <laughs> it's it, why are you laughing? Uh, sorry, sorry, can I tell you like a funny story that I don't want to tell you on the phone? I want to tell sure. it on the podcast. Sure. Um, so I don't do much anymore when it comes to the partying as much as yeah. as as I used to. And right. uh, you know, you are thirty years sober, which thirty one, thirty one, which every thirty one, yo, um, which is every time I do these things, I keep thinking to myself as it happens. Rockman is so much smarter than me. (laughs) It's not that I was hammered, but I just had enough where there was too much in me and my stomach couldn't handle anymore. And then when I see Big Dave at the end of the night, he's called Big Dave for a reason. He has a big appetite for many things. And um, he hands me a beer when the show's over. He buys a beer. And I'm just kind of like thinking, no one's told Big Dave. I'm like 87 years old now. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) So... I'm holding it for a little while, kind of like, you know, where's Marco? Okay, let's meet up with him. And I take one sip and I know something's wrong. And I'm like, hey, Dave, I'm, I'm, you have this, man. Because at that point, he had finished, Big Dave had finished his big beer and needed 
more. Another big beer. So, yeah. so yeah. So, <laughs> so I hand it back to him. I'm like, Hey man, you just have it. He's like, cool, man. And I'm just thinking to myself, Oh crap. So we're downstairs <laughs> and we're trying to find Marco. And like I said, I'm actually in my right state of mind. I'm like calling him, coordinating. I'm like, okay, we're near this sign. Let's figure this out. I'm actually like, you know, I have my head together, but, <laughs> but before I can call him, I'm texting him all this stuff. Right. And, yeah. and, and I call him and the second I call him the second and I hear his voice say, Hey man, where are you guys? I burp and a bunch of vomit goes into my mouth, which oh. I catch with my lips, my lips together. And I don't want anyone to know what just happened and nor I can't say anything to him. So Marco's like, Hey man, how's it going? And all I can respond to, and which sounds similar to young Frankenstein, which is, mm. <laughs> and then I hang up the phone immediately. I go over to a garbage can and I'm kind of like, I look left, look right. No one's looking at me. I stick my head slightly in there and just spit out all the vomit really quick. And then up like nothing fucking happened. And wow. I, str and I stroll over and then I call Marco back and I'm like, okay, we're at this sign under here, everything, everything's fine. And then the security guard is like, you can't go back in. I'm like, I, I didn't leave. I was just pointing at a sign. So, and I'm thinking to myself, that's what you saw <laughs> the last five minutes. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Your night and my night were very different. My night was more like looking through all the food stations to find where I could get like the best deal and the most healthiest option. And then, and then I found, I found, I found Crudessence and Julie and I found Crudessence, which you probably <laughs> That's know. That's very from, cool. You know Crudessence because of yeah. Mel. Yeah. Um, and there were Crudessence wraps there that were the cheapest thing there and the most nutritious. And we're like, <laughs> well, here we are, we're sitting there. But the, the look on Julia's face from before to like pre-Crudessence to post, like she was so happy after because we had eaten something that wasn't, you know, a $9 yeah. piece of pizza or $6 fries, which actually, you know, the $6 fries were probably the best deal there. Yeah. Um, things were so expensive and, and it's okay. And I understand why, I mean, it's venue, right? But I can understand why some people will go to a venue and get their pre-drink on. Yeah. Um, or, I, you know, uh, you said the words pre-drink and my, like my ankles started hurting. I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've changed, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's normal. You get older and, and even me, like uh, at one point, like as incredible as the show was, I'm like about an hour in and they're playing Orion, which is like, you know, like I think it's seven or a nine minute instrumental. I looked at Julian. I'm like, I, are you good? And she's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. She's like, I've got to be up and on site for real sunny. Cause she was working with, yeah. um, with Vanco for one of the festivals that was in town. And I'm like, I'm good. I've seen Metallica like a bazillion times and I'm okay. You know? Yeah. And we, we left and we, and we were like in the Metro with nobody. And it was so weird to see, which people are leaving Metallica now? And yeah. the people that were leaving Metallica now were me and Julia, one guy with his young kid, and people that were so fucking obliterated they didn't <laughs> even know where they were. And oh, that's such a shame, man. I know. But no, but no, but definitely you learn your lesson from going. Um, and I mean, it, countless times when I was young, that mm -hmm. happened to me. You know, I went to a show and, and got so, I blacked out and didn't even know where I was and what, like got home and like, I don't remember the show much. And it's because, yeah. you know, so it's, uh, but it, it, it also though, Ryan, you know, you get older and it's like your body's like, yeah, yeah I, I don't want that. So yeah, you're yeah. taking that last sip and you're like, your body's like, nope. Yeah. I've like the face of a 29 year old, but my body right down low, as you go lower, it ages rapidly. <laughs> it, it is crazy. Like uh, acknowledging the change, but then you see some people that just can't let the party go <laughs> and yeah, you know, exactly. ever. 
and yeah, that's yeah. and that's when that that's when it, it gets concerning. I find like yeah. you can't really tell when someone's like super young, like and they're messed up all the time. You're like, oh ha ha ha, you you you. But then when yeah. they're like 50 years old and they're hammered at two o'clock in the afternoon, it's like, oh this is this is this this, this sucks. sucks. Yeah, this sucks. sucks. So, well, yeah. this is a great segue to our guest because our guest, um, if you look at pictures of Lejean from 1999 and if you look at pictures of Lejean from 2023 that guy doesn't age at all well it's because he's not puking in garbage cans like me well <laughs> listen seven dots were known for you know to party i mean they those guys had a good time but th- that guy is just a, a freak of nature um not only i mean he looks incredible but he sounds incredible and his band, I mean, they, they've always been a, a really good live band. I, I'm fortunate enough to have seen, played with Seven Dust, to have seen them several times. Never does it get old. They always put on a great show. So if you ever get a chance to see Seven Dust, do it because they are great. Now, I'm excited about this interview because, Ryan, we've been sitting on this one for a bit. The new album came out July 28th. It's called Truth Killer. And um, and it's like like all Seven Dust catalog. It's just solid. It's consistent. They're one of those bands that, you know, it's, uh, you, you there's all, you always know you're going to get a great record from them and you're going to get a great performance from them. And, um, I'm really, really grateful that we got to have Lejean on the, on the podcast this week. He, he's again, wonderful guy, great stories and, um, and a great singer. I mean, a really, really good singer. I've never met somebody, you know, that sings live the way he does so consistently. And it's funny. We saw Mammoth, that opened up that Metallica show who, you know, Wolfgang, who we had on the podcast last week, I believe, or a couple yeah, weeks ago. Last week. And, and he just delivers and he's solid like seven dust. And I've been seeing all this, these pictures of, of Lejean lately and he's wearing a mammoth t-shirt. Oh, cool. And I'm like, that makes sense. Real yeah. recognizes real and they support each other. So I'm really happy to have him on the show. So without any further ado, here is our chat with Lejean Witherspoon of seven dust. I think the last time I saw you was when we played with you, Slaves on Dope. We played with you years ago, um, yes. and I remember we had these Adi- we had these Adidas jackets, and I think we gave you one. <laughs> oh my god, Slaves yeah. on Dope I, in the back. I still have it. I still. So, and my wife calls me a hoarder. I still have that in one of wardrobe case downstairs for sure. I have to pull that back out. That's awesome. How have you been, brother? I'm good, man. I, I remember the first. I'll, I'll never forget the first time I heard about this band. Um, I believe. It was probably 1998, and yeah. I had gone to Andrew Goodfriend's office in New York when he was working with Kirby, oh. and I and I saw this poster of you and mm-hmm. uh, of the band, and I remember this was on the first record, and you guys were just you were just about to pop, and I remember you were, you were a band that they were working with, and uh-huh. I remember right away I was like, he's got body glove shorts on like Corey Glover. This guy's got to oh. be cool. <laughs> Oh no! I never was something. Wore the, it was a, I never wore the body glove shorts ever. I, it was I, either I, a top or something. I remember. I, I remember it seeing might have been it. a tank top, but I never was comfortable yeah. enough to wear to, to wear the nut crotchers for me. No, back then for sure. <laughs> but 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 I remember you had you had something on with body glove, and the immediate thing I said is like, dude, the last time I saw someone pull off body glove was was in in living color, and uh-huh. uh, and I so I immediately went and I listened to the record, and I was just blown away because what I love about this band. And what I've always loved about this band since I first heard about you and been, you know, got to play with you. Um, and then, you know, been following you. One of my best friends joined your band, Sonny Mayo at one point. Oh, yeah. um, 
you know, so what I've always loved about this band is not just the talent, but just the way that you guys approached quote unquote new metal, because you went from it from a point where you had a guy, you who could fucking sing, you know, Thank you. there, there were a lot of guys that did new metal that, you know, mm. they could scream, they had attitude, but you had chops. And, and that was what always set you guys aside from the rest of the bands of that generation. So um, I'm glad, to, I'm glad to see that there's another record coming out at the end of the month. I'm glad to see you're still doing it. And, um, and it, it seems like this band's in a really good place right now. Absolutely, man. Thank you for all those kind words. Uh, that new metal thing. I don't, it's so funny that, that who made that up? Like who yeah. all of a sudden <laughs> made it, you know, who made that cool? Like, it's like, did that guy get to put that in the dictionary? Is he getting paid for it? Cause I hope he is, because I don't think yeah. that many people know what that means, but I would rather be new metal than old metal, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> But thank you for you. That's something that I've always wanted to do is I wanted to be a singer yeah. uh, in my band and in my in in in, in my in, in this in this industry. That's what I, I wanted to be as a singer. Melody is something that uh, I still believe is a very strong thing. It could be the heaviest riff in the world and you could still have melody over it. And everything doesn't have to be, you know, I want to uh, I, I would like to have a song where I could sing it for the next 50 to 100 years. If I'm living that long, you know, I wouldn't be able to sing <laughs> Well, you know, I wouldn't be able to do that right. down the road. I don't think anyone would want to hear me doing that. It was a good song back then. I want it to be a good song forever. Uh, with that being said, man, Seven Us, we're very blessed right now, I think. Uh, I can't believe that we were able to to stick around this long. And then the pandemic slowed everything down. We released an album uh, uh, during the pandemic, never got to tour it, leading up to now. Uh, signing a new record deal with Napalm, which I didn't think that bands even sign record deals anymore. And yeah. uh, thank the Lord to that. And I, I look at it and I'm doing an interview with you. I'm doing interviews all day long. International press letting me know that uh, I know we're going to get back overseas and everything. We've done four new videos. Uh, people seem to be uh, accepting the album right now. We just did a tour with Alter Bridge and it was two and a half weeks and we put a new song in from the album and it went over well. And I'm uh, looking forward to going back out here in August with uh, Mammoth and Alter Bridge, and then in October with uh, Dope, my good friend Etzel, uh, Etzel yeah. Dope, and uh, and then Static X, which is you know it's gonna be great. <laughs> it, it and it's crazy to see, um, you know, you're talking about how like you'd rather be new metal than old metal, but now yeah. new metal, quote unquote, new new metal, and I, and I still don't know if they're if if new metal has the umlaut over the U or not, but. Exactly. I don't know. We have to check that because in being someone who's kind of part of that movement as well. Um, right. But I got to tell you, man, what's great about it is that like everything, there's a resurgence that's happening. So, and it happens about every 25 years where you get a group of kids that wish they were part of that movement. And I remember when I was growing up, for me, it was, you know, the late sixties, early seventies. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I wished I could have been a part of that. So there Me was too. a resurgence of the doors. And I remember growing up, you know, being, I'm 52. So that was the sweet oh. spot where it's like, everybody wished they were part of that Zeppelin thing at the beginning. Oh. So I'm seeing now a lot of 20 year olds and 25 year olds that are like, man, a new metal must've been so cool. And they are, and there's this, this thing where they want to be like it. They want to dress like it. They want to kind of be part of that late nineties, early two thousands thing. And, and that's, and especially when I, when I talk to kids from South America, they're just mm -hmm. like, man, like they love that the era of music. Yeah. Jesse, you just made that chill bumps when you said that, because I don't, you said you're 52. I turned 50 October 3rd of last year. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because where we're at and what we've done, what we've seen and on the course of our lives kind of, you know, it's kind of the same a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just recently in the interviews, I said, there's a movement going on. I, I, and I said, I don't think people realize it, that they're yeah. part of it. 
and they don't even realize that they're a part of this movement right oh, now yeah. because yeah. we've been sheltered for these last couple of years and it's been back and we're held. And now I go out in these concerts and these kids right now are, are back at eight o'clock in the morning outside the tour bus, knowing good and well, we're not going to be out there until 930 at night or, you know, you'll see us, but you're yeah. not going to be in for the show until 930 or whatever. It's a movement again. It's a yeah. Uh, oh it's yeah, a contagious. It's a contagious energy in the air, not the sick energy, but the energy of like we need this medicine of music yeah. and to be together. And I mean, it's a, it's an exciting time right now. And it's and it's those bands, like all those bands you're saying you were touring with, like you know bands like Dope, bands like Static X, like people wish they could have been there for that first oh, wave. Yeah. So so the fact that our rock stars or the rock stars of that era are healthy yeah. enough. You know, and maybe that's due to us just living better lives now yes, to go absolutely. out and be convincing and do that again. It's great. So mm -hmm. it's 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 awesome to see all of these bands getting another kick at the can, if you will, um, and getting another resurgence. Because, you know, as well as I do, when you're a career musician, um, you continue. I mean, you guys don't stop. Mm -hmm. You always put out records. You're always you're always touring. But there's dips. There's times where it feels like it's ah, what's going on. And oh. now it just feels like a time where it's really happening again. And uh, And I'm just happy to see that, you know. Oh, thank you, man. It's very exciting. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's also the, it's, it's time to get back to work because the wife's looking at us like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. It's like, all right, we get it. You know, we, you know what, man? But that whole thing with the, the pandemic and everything, I'll tell you what, Jason, I'm sure you can you know this. Uh, my normal life was not normal at all. My yeah. normal being being dad and being the, the, the singer for the band and the artist and the writer and all that stuff is completely different. And it changed my world when that pandemic hit and I was able to be here and be present and not be present for like a month and then be gone for two months, but be present for really important things like not having our family doc, Doc Ryan, thank you, Lord, for him being in our lives. Take my daughter to the daddy daughter dance and, you know, being able to do things like that. And even though, panic, but, you know, being here for the first day of school, you yeah. know, taking my son to football, baseball, basketball practice, taking the daughter, picking her up, you know, after the pandemic, first, first off, she was in the seventh grade when the pandemic started. Yeah. And then, good God, then she all of a sudden it lets up and then she's in freaking high school. And we got to get her a car. And it's like, what? <laughs> Wait a second. Daddy just did three shows and blinked and everybody's <laughs> what? Wait a minute. What's going on in this world right now? Slow down. You know, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's 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 a, it's a bit to catch up with. But uh, I'm riding that wave, man. It's scary. But at the same time, life continues. Right. Yeah. And, and it's um and it's nice to see not only I mean, this is something we're all we're always talking about. It's nice to see stuff coming back to, to, to normal and stuff, you know, yeah. people, people being back and being able to tour. But, but I can imagine for a band like you, it must've been hard because you guys were always road dogs. You guys never oh. shied away from touring. So um, I'm sure when things kind of stopped, you had to, you know, you, you were around, but I'm sure there's that little, you know, you were around for all these things that were important, but I'm sure mm -hmm. there was a small part of you that was like, I get the fuck back out there. Like, Oh man, it was crazy. You know, sometimes, you know, you go to your favorite spot and we call it uh, the Sunset Grill, and it's a it's a corner of knowledge. Mm. And I've been invited to the corner of knowledge, and it's nothing but a bunch of old retired dudes that are like in their seventies. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the coolest spot. And when you get invited to that spot, you know you've made it. It's cool. And uh, I just sit there at the corner of knowledge, and we talk to these old guys, and they just talk about life and 
and the stories and we talk about touring and it just uh, it it's let me know that it's OK to be older and still be cool. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. And and there's no doubt that I mean, you know, I've seen I've, I've seen footage of you guys playing um, over the last little bit. And, you know, there, there's no slowing down with this band. I mean, this band is oh. always, you know, I, I'll never forget you guys were one of the first bands that I saw that used trampolines. You know? Oh, my God. You remember that? That's oh, why I do. I think people's backs are broke right now and knees are blown out. <laughs> so, I remember the trampolines and I remember oh. there, it was so expertly placed because you couldn't see them. The sideline so, wouldn't see them. So people, you would, all of a sudden these guys would be bouncing and you'd be like, how's that happening? But you guys had them placed low enough that people didn't so, understand how that was going to work. So what we had, they looked like monitors right. and behind the monitors were those, uh, all they were were those the exercise things that our moms used to use, yeah. used to bounce on. Yeah. And that's all they were, but they were just, they were positioned this way, like uh, up. So the guys would go, and hit them and yeah. sometimes would almost go behind morgan's drums uh i only hit it a few times because i probably would have flown on the back side of that stage <laughs> but it was so funny to, to we didn't realize the the effect that it was having on people because we didn't we weren't seeing ourselves at the yeah. time yeah. until we saw a video and it's like we, we was like <laughs> ridiculous how high we were going up in the air. Oh, it, it was, I, I remember going like, what the hell? And then, <laughs> did anybody ever get hurt? No, we never got hurt, man. I'm sure there was some, you know, some, some, you know, maybe some busted knees or something, but no, there was never anything where anyone was in a wheelchair or crutches or anything. We had a, we had, I think we had more accidents tripping over monitors and stuff instead of those trampolines, but those trampolines are somewhere deep, deep in a storage area. <laughs> But they were great, and but it's the kind of thing that what what you what was great about this what, about Seven Dust is you guys always try to elevate it. You always are trying to find a way to make it a little bit you know a little bit different, a little bit better. What's you know we didn't have they didn't have the cast like all these other bands had. You know they had bombs and stuff. We had like some incense and a Chico stick and some trampolines. You know it was like we're trying here's a firecracker. God dang it, there you go. <laughs> That's but, our pyro for the night. <laughs> But what you what you what you did have and you still have is uh, you have an incredible drummer. Um, you know he's he's always been one of the guys that I've I've loved being able to watch. Uh, privileged enough to be able to watch him from the side a few times, and and uh, he's he's always kind of been that backbone. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. for, for this band. Um, how does he keep playing the way he plays? Because he's he doesn't just play. He he performs and he's it's you know it's like he's working out when he's playing. Yeah, it's in them, man. I think it's in us all. It's our DNA, yeah. man. I think that, uh, you know, of course we get older and we uh, we complain and laugh at each other and talk. But you know what, man? When we get on that stage, that's our serenity. And that I feel like there's still a magical place where all those elements and worrying about the bills or if the wife is doing that to you or whatever's going on in your life, I think for that hour, two hours or 45 or 30 minutes or however long it takes, that's where it's, that, that's the peace. That's, yeah. you know what I mean? That's where it's, uh, that's the happy spot. That's where it's uh, all makes sense for me. And I think that's for this whole band. And that's where it's uh, that's where it makes sense. And it might not make sense right after the show, but it makes sense. Right, <laughs> but there, right there on that stage and we're in that studio and stuff. It all makes sense, man. We're on that stage and, and those beautiful people that I say family are enjoying it and feeding back and saying, this is what we needed. And thank God that this is here. You know, that's, 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 that's what I live for, man. And that's why we still, that's why I still do it. You know, and, uh, I, uh, I feel like for whatever reason, as long as we've been doing it, uh, it's it feels like it's a new beginning for us in a weird, crazy way. 
just with everything that's happened in the world and signing this new record deal and having the opportunities again to have these interviews that we haven't done in a zillion freaking years yeah. uh, with having a label behind you, you know, you kind of realize that, dang, man, I guess there is a team that's working, you know, and, and making things happen. And so uh, it's a, it feels good. It feels good to, uh, to have that backing again, you know, it feels like the, back in the old days, you know what I'm talking about? When you felt like somebody was courting you, it's like, okay, yeah. cool. Even oh, though yeah. we're paying back, we got to pay back all this shit, but it's good to be having a girlfriend right now. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like there was a time I, I try to tell this to young bands because, you know, uh -huh. I, I, I've been, I, I worked in radio for about 13 years and, and, you know, right. I did the podcast, but I, I try to give back to young bands. Cause I've been there, done yeah. that, you know, done yeah, all absolutely. that stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know, you talk to them and I'm like, you guys don't understand. There was so much money flowing around in the late nineties before Napster. Yeah. You know, bands oh were getting signed. Like, you know, I remember getting offered a publishing deal for our record. They offered us $250,000 and we kind of hesitated because Lincoln Park had just gotten a million. Exactly right. <laughs> and, but you know what? We never signed the publishing deal. Right. Oh wow. We have all the rights to our music, but no one That's ever placed right. it. So it's it's funny how you know I'll, I'll tell bands you know our photo shoot was twenty grand for our record. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. You know our recording budget was two hundred thousand dollars. Like they they don't understand. They don't comprehend how much money there was. But what's great is that the bands that were able to do it on their own. Only benefited from that. And and a, a perfect example is a band like Godsmack. You know, whenever I hear that great story about how Sully recorded that record by himself yes. and then recouped in like, you know, a day. And then, yeah, wow. it, and it's great when you hear those stories of those bands that were able to do it on their own. And a lot of bands, what I've seen um, is they ended up building their own studios. They ended up learning how to record within their, within yeah. their own, you know, within their own ranks so they could do and their I own demos. Yeah. And not having not, to go and pay the two hundred thousand dollars for this guy to sit in the studio and just say you guys sounded good. And hey, baby, yeah. wait, hey, wait a second. Why don't you say this instead of that? And right. All yeah. Of a sudden you got, wait a minute. How much money did we just give yeah. you? I think we changed one word and we use your place. <laughs> yeah, like exactly, like the Rick Rubens in the back sitting cross-legged, <laughs> looking at you, go, that sounds great. <laughs> there you go. We know. Wait a minute. What are you doing here? <laughs> so, so tell me a bit what went into the production of this record. Oh man, so so Jason, this was so fun. Uh, I feel like this album really has the angst of all of us being at home, yeah. being away from everything that we're familiar with, being our lives on the road, and what we do as artists. This, this is what we've done. This is all we've created. You know everything that uh that we've have here. So uh, we were able to write at home, send stuff to each other, and uh, I had this idea. Me and the wife, uh, her grandparents left her a farmhouse. Joe Ed passed away at 96. Wow. <laughs> he, he was amazing. That was my buddy, man. And they left us the farmhouse and my wife wanted to go in and we remodeled the farmhouse from uh, the, the, the whole upstairs, two bedrooms, two bathrooms, whatever. It's the whole basement. Anyway, so I'm there and I felt like, man, this would be a really great place to write music. Uh, 300 acres. We maintain about 15 with some cattle. Nice. Uh, and it's beautiful, so peaceful. And the only neighbors are her, like, uncle, cousin across the street in these really big, big houses. And grandma and grandpa's house are small, but it's perfect. And uh, I had Clint come down. We wrote a couple of songs, and we were looking at each other, and I was like, man, we need to get the band out here because this is this is too perfect. Man, Jason had the band fly out. John, you know, a couple of guys, Joe, Vinny Joe, I think. And the energy in that place was so amazing because grandma was a singer, was on the radio and all that stuff her whole life. The only thing that grandpa watched was Hee Haw. So it just kind of, this <laughs> it was at a hundred decimals. Music is just in the area, in the, in the house. Yeah. So to see 
Seven Dust set up in Grandma's bedroom, even though it's, it's not her own bed, it's a new bed and stuff. Morgan's yeah. drum set in front of her bed, in front of the bed. Benny sitting on the end of the bed. John sitting in the chair. Clint behind the computer. The mic stand there. And Seven Dust writing songs in this space, looking out this window at the cows and the wow. farmhouse. It was just, and the silo. It was the most surreal thing. And I just caught myself always laughing and saying, if anyone knew what was going on in this house right now. And I remember one night we moved over into the front bedroom. And so that's the front side of the farmhouse. And it's nothing but a gravel road still that goes all the way down to some other farms. And I went and the sun was going down and I looked in the front window and Vinny and John were recording uh, for maybe two or three of the songs that are on the new uh, Truth Killer. And they were like, and that's all we could see in, in, in the old farmhouse. And I'm just like recording this like, this is crazy. One morning, John wakes up getting ready to go take a jog. And I'm up and uh, he's drinking coffee or whatever. And he's like, man, I think it looks like one of your baby cows, the calves or something is outside that gate. I'm like, no way. That's a new gate out there. He's like, okay, cool, whatever. And he's like, no, LJ, I think that calf is outside the gate. And I'm like, what? And I run outside. Sure enough, there's a little calf looking at us. Me and John Conley are chasing down one of our calves, one of my calves. John Conley's got on a pair of whatever, what do you call them, Daisy Duke biker running short things that he runs marathons in and the <laughs> tank top. And he's doing like this right here. And I'm like, stop doing that. He's freaked out. <laughs> so so literally, it's the, the, the headline would have been Seven Dust Gone Country. Oh, man, it's so true. And then right after that, to go back in the farmhouse and write songs, man, it was a it was a very, very real feeling for us. I, it made me feel like when we were young and you had to find a space to make the music happen. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Before, you know what I'm talking Yeah, yeah. Before you get for, you have to find a place where you can make noise after night. You have to find a place where your gear is secure, where you're not going to get ripped right. off. Now, at the farmhouse, and mind you, we could open up the windows and jam and play guitar and have the amps outside and rip them all night long. But to have the space to find a room to make it all work, well, yeah. that was what was interesting, like, in this bedroom, in this bedroom. Oh, maybe we'll set up in the living room. Oh, shit, there's a guitar in the, in the kitchen. You know, that was what was exciting and fun and made us feel like those kids. And then to take it from that to move it into Elvis's spot in Orlando, which is the big mansion with the indoor pool and the recording studio all in the same house. It's a different vibe. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking amazing. But, you know, we were just able to take that energy over to Elvis and Elvis is like family. And like, I feel like he's a sixth member of the band. Right. So it was easy to get there and be set up in this one room with a live setup. And then seven us, I feel like that's where we do our best work is when we're, looking at each other, the band, right. you know, of course, cool. Not yeah. Not, yeah. Not, you know, yeah. without a doubt, that's when it's the best. And then we, uh, when we're in the studio, we all have setups in our room. So there's, it's like a beehive. Uh, once we get there for pre-production for maybe a week or two, uh, I'm able to go and do vocals in Clint's room, my room, John's room, and I'm not even going into the, the recording studio yet. So it's really cool that we have this working process that we're living in this house and we're working from 12 noon into 11 at midnight, 11, 11 at night. And I think we take off Saturday or maybe a Sunday, but that's how we work during the week. We right. don't take off. And, you know, it just creates a, a a very good work environment. And, you know, I feel like it's conditioning and it, it, it just that's just the way we do it. And uh, by the end of the album, man, well, maybe by the middle, I have a, a certain hum in my body. Yeah. And I know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I get it. I get yeah, it. You know it's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. And yeah, you're there. 
So what number is this for records? This is number... 13 or 14. That's what I was going to say. It's 13 or 14. So you guys got it down at this point. You know what you got to do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, you know man, we, we know what we have to do. And we get in there and we get at it. Uh, at, at this point, it's still... I, you knew, you would think that it was, it was boring, but it's exciting for me still right now. Yeah. Especially at this time of my life. Uh, I thought at 50 that I would be like other 50-year-olds that I know that are like, oh, man... <laughs> I know, I know. I know. It's the strangest thing. I, know, I, I, like, I feel you 100%. You know because what I'm saying? I'm like, 50 is the new 30 as far as I'm concerned, man. Same, I'm like, same. And I don't what, know if that's I mean, just, I don't know if that's just us with wishful thinking getting older, but yeah, I feel the same way. I'm like, I still feel like I did when I was I, 20. I feel it that way, man. I feel like music has kept us that way. The pandemic slowed us down too. But then I'll tell you what, my daughter is going to the 10th grade and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she's had her daughter, the dances and all that stuff. And I've taken her to her. And the other, the other day, maybe a month ago, made daddy feel good. I was like, yeah, I know y'all embarrass you and stuff. She's always like, dad, oh God. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah, cringe. And dad, like, you're I'm cringe. Like, man, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm cool still, Jada, right? And she's like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I guess so. All the girls think you're cute. I'm like, and that really, for whatever reason, that made me feel good. I was like, oh I know. I just, my daughter just, my daughter just turned 16 and we had a sweet 16 party for here. And she had like 15 girls here. And she's like, right. I think some of my, my, my friends think you're cute. And it's like, that's all, all right. I, guess. I still got it. Still got it. Exactly. That's all. That's all that's, I need. That's all I need. That's all I need. That's all I need. Yes. Yes. I am still cool. I'm not that old dad. That's not cool. <laughs> well, let me tell you from one old guy to another, you're still cool. You've always been cool. Uh, the new record drops on the 28th. I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing some dates here in Canada. And dude, yes. continued success. You seem like you're in a great place. You've always been a wonderful ambassador to, you know, oh, to, wow. to, to this is a genre of music, but also you've always been very welcoming to younger bands. And I'll never forget how you treated me at the beginning with such respect and, um, and continue, just keep kicking ass, man. You guys stay away from the trampolines, but keep kicking uh -huh. ass. Don't worry. Absolutely. And thank you. God bless you, man, and your beautiful family and everything that you're doing and com and continue being the ambassador that you are too, my brother. I will, and, uh, I will do the I best. I can't wait to get, <laughs> hey, make sure you pull some strings to get us to Canada. I heard something about us coming over there, maybe with Alter Bridge or something. I don't know, but I if hope If that's so. happening, I'm going to look into it and I will make okay. sure I come and say hi. Okay. Right on. Make sure, brother. Hey, stay, stay safe and I'll see you soon. All right, bud. Thanks again. Thank you. Man, I, it's really... I keep forgetting you have this other life. Like, you know, you were part of this new metal movement in a time yeah. when it's like, it's like this little, it's like talking to somebody who's in a grunge band. Like, it seems like, it's like, yeah, like some eras of music have that really, have, have that movement and have that movement where it's in the forefront of it. But you don't, you don't really notice it when you're, when I'm a teen, it's just, it's music and it's on television. Here, here we go. Yeah. But when you're older and you can kind of analyze a scene a little bit more and you're like, okay, so this who's is taking off and this is what's happening and it's growing and wow. Like yeah. to me, it was just like, I, I listened, I checked out bands that uh, metal hammer and hip writer told me to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. no, no, of course, of course. Yeah. But I, a big shout out though, because word of mouth before the internet, word of mouth was a huge thing. I want to give a big shout out to my friend Kel that I went to high school with who uh, really, when it came to new metal, he knew everything and he knew all the bands. He told me about fear factory, like seriously, mad respect for Kel. Kel was one of those, uh, Kel is <laughs> one of those yeah. uh, really fucking 
genuinely nice people. And uh, I don't know. I'm really, uh, buddy. If you're listening to this, I'm privileged to call you a friend, even though I haven't uh, seen you in decades. I, I, your, your lasting effect is still lasting on me. And he told me about Seven Dust, and that's why I knew they were rad all those years yeah. ago. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, these um, right before the internet blew. Uh, open, you know, and 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 social media got as popular as it is now. There were were times where you needed people to turn you on to stuff. So, uh, I, I hear you loud and clear on that one. And yeah, the new metal new metal movement. It's great. What's great about the new metal movement is very similar to what happened with hair metal. Hair metal when it finished, people hated it. People shot on it. Now people look back on hair metal with this fondness and it was great and have respect for these bands. The same thing happened to new metal. When new metal was on its way out, nobody wanted to be associated with the title. Everyone hated it. Deftones were the first band to go like, fuck you. We're not new metal, even though you were, they were part of that whole thing. They were like, we're distancing ourselves from that. And now, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. It wasn't so bad. Yeah. Emo too was a, yeah. it was like, it was like a, a curse word for a while. And now everybody, you know, now these bands are like, oh yeah, this was kind of cool what happened. Cause it was fucking cool. There was a lot of great music that came out of that. And yeah. there were a lot of bands that sucked <laughs> and yeah. a lot of bands that just sounded like this or sounded like that. And, but that's what watered down every movement yeah. is like the mediocre one. So get the record deal because they sounded like something else. It's like, yeah. you, you know, you're watering down the pot. It's yeah. yeah. It, and it happened in the, in the late late eighties, early nineties. Um, when all these bands are getting signed, there's this band called 24 seven spies. If you ever check them out, they were incredible and they, they had a cult following, but they weren't, you know, quicksand, same thing, had a cult following probably changed music more than people would like to even give them credit for, but didn't get this, you know? And, um, yeah, you have people like rain made from our lady peace talking about how mm -hmm. like their albums are the most important albums of yep. all time. And I'm like, a brother, I could say the same fucking thing about clumsy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it, yeah. Music definitely inspires and, and, um, and gets passed on through, through all kinds of ways. So, um, I just wanted to, before we, before we wrap up, I wanted to, uh, I know we were at, um, Fantasia a lot and, uh, and I wanted to give a shout out to your friend, um, Chris Pavoda, who was working with you on the weekend. He brought me a copy of his movie, Dead Dicks. Oh, yeah. And uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but um, big <laughs> oh, shout out to Chris. Yeah, I, know the, I know the stuff you like, man. It, it, you know, uh, not, I don't want to overhype um, anything, but I'm just saying he speaks your language. And, yeah. what, and what they did with the budget they had, Chris and Lee, it's astonishing. Well, I'm super excited to watch it. So big shout out to Chris and thank you for this, man. I'm definitely going to uh, going to check it out. And if you if you're curious about it, it's available now through Raven Banner. Um, I'm just impressed when someone I know makes a movie. Like I have friends that are filmmakers, and I guess Chris is one of them now. Um, when they a make a film, b it gets screened, and c get a Blu-ray release. To me, they're like rock stars. So the fact that I own a friend's film, I think, is great. And I, I, I love, I, I'm just so impressed by this. I guess it's like back in the day when someone would have their CD, like we made a CD. Oh my God. When I bought a friend's CD that was recorded in their dad's garage or something with one microphone, I was still so jazzed. I'm like, oh, you have music yeah. that exists. I can play oh, yeah. without listening to you live. What? hundred yeah. percent. Now think of the music being, you know, yes. Nowadays, if someone wants to press a CD or a vinyl, you know, it's, it's somewhat straightforward, but this is a whole other fucking level, dude. Making movies, I have so much respect for filmmakers and anyone involved with that process that anybody that goes to a movie and just shits on it has zero respect for the craft and the work that goes into it. I can't in good conscience go see a movie. If I don't like it, I just won't talk about it. 
but I will not trash it because there's too much, too much that goes into it too much. And, um, someone pushing something past, you know, across the finish line and, and making a movie is, uh, it's impressive. So anyways, shout out to Chris and thank you for dead. <laughs> Maybe we should take bleep that out. So we don't get, thank you for your film. <laughs> we well, his it. name's Richard though. Right. Yeah. Thank so. you for your film. Um, dead Richards. Big shout out to uh, my co-host Ryan Stick. Thank you to our producer Julia Kajerski. Thank you to our guest Lejean Witherspoon of Seven Dust, and thank you to Sarah Lutz of uh, Looters for helping us coordinate that um, that interview. And uh, dude, thank you to Heartbeat Hot Sauce, the heartbeat of the Rock and Power Hour. Check out um, their mango Caribbean style mango habanero, which has been the one I've been stuck on lately. And uh, use our promo code Rockman Twenty. And that will get you 20% off your entire order. Thank you to Studio House Designs, to AKG Equipment, and to all of you for joining us on this journey. And until next week, we'll see you on the Rockland Power Hour.